0: You'll reference example if you move at very large distances you're going to get big changes to scale them small distances you're going to just get uh, a little bit of of change or maybe hardly any
1: hello everyone thank you for joining this month's tbc power hour for july of 2020 um, i'll be joined my, myself uh, jeff ryan tbc product manager i'll be joined by our most senior surveyor richard hassler who's the market manager here at Trimble, and also uh, Joe Blecka, my predecessor, market manager. Uh, So today's agenda, we'll walk through some of, uh, give you a high-level overview of projections and scale factors. Uh, We'll talk about how EBC is a true geodetic environment. Uh, We'll also go through some demonstrations on defining uh, deep, uh, sorry, defined projections and default projections and then importing and exporting point clouds. We'll walk through some resources and TDC power hours as usual, and then go through, through some Q&A. Okay. So with that, so, I'll turn it over to Richard Hassler.
0: Hi everyone, this is Richard. Um, I'm gonna present a lot of different information today around the importing and the use of scan data and other kinds of data in Trimble Business Center. and the the structural uh, framework, I guess, in Trimble Business Center that enables us to combine data and use it. So you might ask yourself right off the bat, why are scale factors important to me if all I'm doing is just scan data and I've been working without scale factors for a long time? Well. data collected on a curved earth needs to be represented on a flat map or a computer screen we we are combining all different kinds of data or at least tbc allows you to combine all different kinds of data together into one project and if we hope to to marry those data together properly and have them mathematically fit and be able to represent this the measurements that are done on the curved earth they, they will ultimately be presented to the user either in a flat map or a computer screen which means we have to find a way to mathematically get them into the format that works for for that. Um, So uh, if you have small projects, you can uh, easily work in in what is basically an X, Y, Z, or Northern Easting Elevation kind of coordinate system that uh, doesn't require the the scale factors and doesn't require a lot of uh, special work, but the larger, the farther you go out in a geographic project, geographically in your project, then the more this becomes an important factor, important issue. So here's an example of the use of scale factors and the bringing together of different kinds of data that that represents the kinds of things that can go wrong if you do it badly. So this is SX10 data with scans, uh, regular total station measurements with a few scans, combined together with aerial uh, photographs a point cloud generated from aerial photogrammetry. And when you bring in both of them and scale the the, the point cloud correctly, and if you'll note, they're in a defined coordinate system, <clears throat> bring them together correctly, everything marries together and you have a nice unified or or uniform looking project and everything fits tightly. If you bring them together incorrectly and incorrectly scale the point cloud data, so, that it doesn't fit properly within the, the mathematical framework of, of uh, TBC, then you'll see the, a large mismatch between the, the survey quality data or the survey positioned data and the point cloud data coming from the aerial photogrammetry. So, things can go, this is a, a graphic example or a dramatic example of how things can go wrong and really be uh, shift your data and scale your data incorrectly so that it doesn't match. So the idea is to try to get this state where everything matches together, not this state where everything uh, matches poorly.
2: Yeah, and Richard, if I can comment here too, this is a is an obvious example, right? Something's obviously wrong here where the data has has separated and is in different positions. Unfortunately, it's not always this obvious. Um, you know, yes. it's not it's not like a meters feet type of thing where okay, everything is off by by a factor of, of three, uh, three point whatever. Um, so it's really important to know um, that, that TBC kind of has your back here. We've put in a lot of hours uh, and thought into, into getting this so that uh, really treating all your data exactly the same uh, to get it all to line up um, in, in that kind of survey, quote unquote, survey quality uh, type of, of accuracy uh, uh, with each other.
0: Okay, so how do we do that? Well, first thing we have to start off with, and I'm going to give a little bit of geodetic kind of, uh, geodetics 101 a little bit for a while, um, just to kind of present a few concepts to help you understand uh, how things work within TBC. The first thing you have to note is we're going to be uh, trying to take measurements that are made on the earth and put them into some kind of a projection or grid format that allows you to make some survey computations more easily and it allows the the data to be represented both on your screen or on on a map correctly so the way that's done is they they take the the earth they make an ellipsoidal model of the earth that's centered as best they can on the center of the earth and oriented in the polar axis as best as it can be represented and has the right radius or radii um to to best match the earth and it rotates with the earth so you take that base Ellipsoid, and then the idea is to try to find a way to make some kind of a projection surface that can be flattened out and made into a northing, easting, kind of elevation, sort of a format for the user um, that fits well over a particular geographic region. Now, there are two different primary uh, grid projections that are used pretty frequently throughout uh, the world. Um, These aren't the only projections, but these are two primary ones, um, to show you ways that you can make a grid projection that fits over a region on the earth. So you can take a transverse mercator and they take a cylinder and wrap it around the earth. And you can see those dark lines in your view here. I don't know if you can see my cursor or not, but um, those lines represent the intersection where that cylinder is slicing through the ellipsoid. And those are those circles represent areas where the the surface, the projection surface, exactly matches the surface of the ellipsoid. So anything that's on that particular, those lines of intersection, you have exact agreement between your projection surface and the ellipsoid. Um, You see the same sort of thing when you slice with a cone through the ellipsoid, and you have these circles uh, where you get the exact match between the cone and the ellipsoid surface. Okay, now you take those projection surfaces and flatten them out, and then you'll work on them as though they're a flat northing easting elevation. But what you have to notice, they're going to be distortions when you do that, because the ellipsoid curves away. You can see uh, transverse mercator is really great in north-south direction here, but as you go east and west, the ellipsoid curves away from the surface of the this, this cylinder. The same is true uh, with the cone. As you go up, that's decent east-west when it's placed in this way. But north-south direction, you'll see that the ellipsoid's curving away from the surface of the cylinder. So, those, uh, these are positioned exactly right to give you an, an area where you get the lowest amount of distortion you can get for the region where you're working. And uh, you go outside of that region, and suddenly you start getting greater and greater distortions or differences between the, the projection surface and the ellipsoid. So there are some scale factors that come into play when you're trying to map or or project from your ellipsoid to your surface. And if you look at, this is kind of a side view of, say, the uh, transverse mercator, if you will, and you can see that these lines right here and here the scale equals 1.0, those are the lines where you have exact match between your ellipsoid and your grid. This grid surface or flattened out projection here represents the the surface of the the cylinder. Um, If you are in an area where the grid is actually beneath the surface of the ellipsoid, you're going to have to, to, and you measure a distance along the ellipsoid, say in the center here. Can you see my my cursor? Yes. Okay you measure along the ellipsoid right here. Well, in order to get that distance or that the, those points to match down onto the grid surface, you're going to have to multiply by a scale factor that's smaller than one to shrink this ellipsoid distance down to the grid. In areas where your, your grid is outside of the ellipsoid or extends beyond the ellipsoid surface, then you can see that any measurement along the ellipsoid surface in this area is going to extend out to a longer distance on the grid, so the scale factor is greater than one in that area. So this is a very important notion. They're trying to place this grid such that you have the maximum amount of area where you're as close to one with a scale factor as you can get. And the farther away from where it's intended to be used, the less less, uh, good a fit there is. But these scale factors are dependent upon where you are on the surface. Okay, there's a second scale factor that's employed that relates to the elevation of where you're working. You um, all work on the earth and not on this perfect ellipsoid. Now, the ellipsoid's meant to more or less approximate mean sea level, if you will, around the entire globe. So, if you're working very close to the sea level, you're going to be very close to the ellipsoid surface and you'll have a very minimal difference between the ground measurement you're making and the ellipsoid distance or ellipsoid uh, measurement. But if you're working way up high, and you can just ignore this grid for right now, I'm working on this topographic surface up here in Colorado in the mountain, and I'm measuring my distance here along the ground. Well, in order for that distance to be represented correctly on the ellipsoid, I have to multiply by a scale factor that's less than one to shrink that distance down to where it's uh, the proper length that's projected onto the ellipsoid. So if I'm working below sea level in those rare areas where you actually do that, you would multiply by a scale factor that's greater than one to get a distance from here up to the surface ellipsoid. So if you take the elevation scale factor, which is dependent upon your elevation and where you're located when you're working on the ground, and you take your grid scale factor, and you you can put them together into what's called the combined scale factor. And this gets you between ground and grid. So if you want to do any kind of Uh, the projection from your ground down to your grid then you will take the combination of the grid scale factor and the ground scale factor and uh, use those multiply those together the product of those is the combined scale factor this is the scale factor that TBC employs whenever it's doing conversions from your field measurements to the, the surface or the projection surface or coordinate system that you choose within the software okay So, with that said, we have to say that TBC is a geodetic environment. You have to have a projection in TBC to work. So if you're working in regular, like, let's say, Trimble RealWorks, a a typical kind of a scanning data, uh, scanning software, you would have an XYZ perfect rectilinear, you know, right angle coordinate system that's XYZ and it represents the data really nicely over a small area. But if you start extending your survey or your scans out to over larger distances, that that ability to match what's measured on the curved earth starts to fall apart a bit when you're just trying regular XYZ. So in TBC, you must have a projection. Now we have a default projection that you can use when you import your data. If you don't already want to work in, in a predefined system a government system like Colorado State Plain or some other systems that government agencies produce. So the default projection is a transverse mercator projection. So when you bring in scan data, I'm going to stick with scan data just because it's a simple example here. It has just, you know, uh, surface measurements, total station data are the same. You don't have any latitudes and longitudes in your data or any other kind of geodetic measurements like you get with GNSS. You just have basically measured X, Y, Z stuff bring it into TBC. And if you have just uh, the default coordinates that you get from your scanning system, those data are gonna be placed at zero, zero, zero. You basically have no other coordinates. So you're gonna take this default projection, this transverse mercator projection, and TBC will create it at the ellipsoid origin. Now the ellipsoid origin is at zero longitude, zero latitude, zero height above or below the ellipsoid. That means it's sitting in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. But that's not really important to you. What's important to you are the grid measurements. So what it'll also do, by default, if you do just accept all the defaults when you bring your data in, is it'll place the origin of the grid, zero, 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 northern, easting and elevation, at that same point, at zero, 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 lat, long. So you'll have a, a, a cylinder fixed at the ellipsoid in the Atlantic with the origin of that uh, grid system, that, that cylinder, at zero, zero, zero. Now you have some ability to change what coordinate it puts at that intersection point on the grid with and I'll talk about a little later. So that means that you have a perfect fit between the ellipsoid and the grid at exactly zero, zero, zero. So your scale factor is 1.0. All of your data don't need to be altered in any way to fit, they fit perfectly. <clears throat> As you move away from the origin, the fit becomes less good. But I'll, I'll show you some examples later. Most defined projections from a government agency uh, are created in a way that prohibits you or enables you not to have to worry about working with negative coordinates, because that tends to confuse people. So they put a, a false northing and a false easting. It's called um, on. The, the basically the origin point or the, the 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 key point in the projection, which means that where that uh, projection intersects the ellipsoid is going to have uh, the best scale factors you can get, but it's going to have very large coordinates on it. And to get to the origin, if you place if you have your data at your origin, you're going to have scale factors there that don't exactly uh, give you great great fit, it's going to show poor fit between the grid at the origin and uh, the, the ellipsoid surface. So I'll have examples of all this stuff, but the key is we have a default projections transverse mercator you can work in if, if you don't have to report in uh, other kinds of coordinates that works very well with scan data. All right, so fundamentally that's kind of how TBC works. There's another uh, concept that needs to be introduced here, and that's the station types. There are two different kinds of stations that are created in TBC when you you bring data in. If you have data from an R10G and receiver or total station, um, SX10, you can bring those data in and um, it'll create what's called a survey station. Survey station positions are computed by using survey observations and any control values you have for uh, a basis of your survey. And those positions, whether you're doing adjustments or anything like that, any changes to your observations will change the positions using the survey computations, and you'll get a new position on the ellipsoid area on your grid, which projects to the ellipsoid um, for that new uh, new station position. And each Station position will have a unique combined scale factor based on its elevation and position in the grid. Okay, and those combined scale factors are applied to all survey measurements made from that station. <coughs> when you bring in scan data, you'll go out with a scanner, say a TX8, you set up, you hit scan, you move it, you set up, hit scan, and each of those scan stations are not related to other scan stations by default. <coughs> so, if you bring in scan station data, scan data, they create what's called a scan station, and uh, the scan station is placed at zero, zero, zero by default. Now, if you're using our new X7 system, you can actually do uh, registrations in the field. You're going to have slightly different positions for each of your scans, but all of those data will be re- uh, place somewhere around 000 because your first scan station by default is given 000 as its position so all of those will wind up in tbc on your grid at 000 (coughs) okay so tx8 x7 some sx10 scans you can use scan stations and with the sx10 if you wish as well (coughs) okay so i'm going to do a quick demonstration here that really should highlight some of these concepts and what I have here is a TBC project into which I, I uh, dragged some survey data, which is represented up here on the right, and from a SX10 and an R10, excuse me. And to the left, I have some X7 scans that were collected in the same project area, but when they come in, they come in at an order around 000. and I can just uh, prove to you that I have these data. Here's my SX10 data, and it all looks really nice in where it's located in the upper right. And then here are the X7 data all registered together being uh, shown near 000. So if I look, I have a way in TBC to tell what's going on with all of this, this uh, these different scale factors that I've described to you. Um, and that is by looking at the point spreadsheet. Now, by default, the point spreadsheet does not
2: show, show your, yeah. how did you. how did you get to the point spreadsheet?
0: Oh, okay, well, I'll get, okay, I'll show you that. And when you go, when you're on your home ribbon, you can just click on points, and it'll open a point spreadsheet. So Thank I'll you. Okay, now by default, you don't see these scale factors shown on your point spreadsheet, but if you go to the project settings and look at the view, in your project by clicking on this little gear at the top of the screen, and you look at view, you have the ability to go change your point spreadsheet settings. And underneath the point spreadsheet settings, way down at the bottom, you have the ability to turn on the scale factor columns, at which will display the scale factors for each point within your project. So I've turned those all on to show. They were at the hide by default, and when I do that, I, I can then see these, these different uh, scale factors for all of my points. Now, again, I want to remind you, in this project, I have data near the origin that is from the X7, and I have survey data in my project area in the state of Colorado. This origin is in eastern California, which is hundreds and hundreds of miles away from where the project area really is located well this grid projection this colorado central uh us state plane grid was created in a way that makes the, the distortions between the grid and the ellipsoid and the, my ground minimized in this area near where i'm working which means that way out here the hundreds of miles away that curvature of the ellipsoid is coming into play and uh, and the ellipsoids curving down and away from the grid and uh it, it, it produces issues with scale factors. So if you look at my point spreadsheet, you can see all these points from here up are all close to the origin. They have coordinates that are near zero. And if you look at the grid scale factor, the grid scale factor is quite large actually. You multiply a distance by that number and you suddenly start to see an impact of the grid scale factor on your measurements very quickly. And that's because it's so far away from where this this grid was defined um, that you're starting to see that curvature of the Earth really coming into play for the grid scale factor. Now, I'm at the origin. My elevations are nearly zero because by default, X7 data is at zero, 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 zero. Um, So my elevation scale factor is very, very close to one because That's the difference between working on the ground, which I'm saying is zero in this case, it really wasn't, and then where the height of the ellipsoid. So my elevation scale factors are very close to one. The combined scale factor is just the product of these two. Okay, now let's look at my survey data where the coordinates are very large because it's located far from the origin of this. The origin for this projection is created such that we never have negative coordinates, so it's a very large value. I have 150,000 by – or 1.5 million by 3 million plus for my coordinates. So if I go back to my point spreadsheet, they're very large coordinates in this case. um, My elevations are also in Colorado, which places them just above a mile in elevation or 1,600 meters in elevation, which means I'm close to where this grid is defined to give me minimal distortion. So if you look at my grid scale factors, those scale factors are close to one. But if you look at my elevation scale factors, because I'm so far above the ellipsoid and above where the grid is, intersects the ellipsoid, I have very, very large elevation scale factors. In this case, far from one, I should say, Um, which means my numbers have to really be shrunk when I measure a distance on the ground here to get it to be a proper distance on the ellipsoid. And again, the combined scale factors are nearly, are the combination or or product of those two. Now, one last thing I wanted to show you is I talked about lines of latitude and longitude. Lines of longitude are pointing towards the north pole. So when you make these grid projections, I'll quickly get back to that. When You look at these grid projections, the lines of longitude are actually converging towards the pole. So a true north measurement which is along longer line of longitude towards the pole, is at a different angle anywhere you go within the grid, within this projection, from your north, south, east, west grid numbers that you would have on your cylinder. So, if you look at them really, really far away from the origin, or or away from where this projection was defined correctly uh, on the right side here, because I'm near the origin, then I'm seeing very, very strong convergence angles. Uh, that that will come into play and actually change the rotations of your data uh, because I'm so far away from where the grid is properly defined. But if you look at the survey data, those are placed correctly on the grid, and I have very, very small changes to my orientation because of the, the projection. values. So while this stuff looks pretty good visually, and this is X7 data here, It's really not in the right place on the grid. It's not being scaled correctly. And it has this convergence angle problem that is actually altering the the orientation of each one of the stations here. Okay, So I think that's mostly what I wanted to talk about with this demonstration. So let's get back to our our product or our, our presentation and talk more about how scan data are handled in TBC. So, I'm going to talk about how the scan data are brought in, and when you're importing them, kind of what happens to them, and then what are the impacts of doing different things like georeferencing and or uh, registration when you're working with scan data within TBC. So, the first thing that's important to know is that when you bring t- scan data into TBC, it's stored in the project database at ground now you're scratching your head thinking what does that really mean let's think about it from uh, many of you are surveyors i suspect so let's think about it in terms of survey observations when you go out with a total station make measurements you're making distance measurements and your angle measurements on the earth and you store them in the data collector when they're stored in Trimble access they're stored as the original measurements yes you may have a few little modifications made to it based on prism constants and those sorts of things. You have some some things, uh, EDM uh, corrections, uh, PPM corrections and those sorts of things. But basically what you have are your ground measurements. Um, You bring them into TBC, those get stored as ground measurements. And what this allows you to do, and and the same is true with scan data. They're handled in exactly the same way. The the measurements made from the scanner are handled, run in as, as ground measurements. So, that allows you to combine all these different data types all together, and as long as the, the data are located correctly in your projection or in your project and in your coordinate system, <clears throat> then all the correct scale factors, all the correct uh, modifications can be made by TPC during the computation of your points to ensure that you get a good fit together of different kinds of data in your project. Uh, Also, you can change positions of your stations. I I made measurements from my station, but if I put a different coordinate on it, it just moves the station. I don't want it to uh, have to undo a whole bunch of changes I made to my measurements and then redo changes. All I have is my raw measurements move and then all my projection parameters and everything correctly are applied and I get a new, new scale factor being computed and all my new distances are modified correctly. And it also allows you to completely change your coordinate system to a different coordinate system, and as long as everything's ground, it can kind of uh, then it'll appropriately treat the data uh, to match the new coordinate system parameters that are being employed. So very critical to understand that your scan data are being stored as as at ground. So what it, the onus is upon the user to ensure that when they bring their data in, depending upon what kind of data it is, that the right Choices are being made during the import process to make sure it goes in as ground correctly. Okay, so when you import scan data files into TBC, if they come from scans, I set up, I take a scan, that's a scan data. I've, uh, I marry a bunch of scan data together and make it one kind of solid block, that's point cloud data, and we'll talk about that later. So scan data are station-based. That means you have some kind of setup there, whether it's through a TDX file from an X7 or from a different TBC project, or if it's TZF import directly from a a TX scanner, those all have a station defined for them. So station-based scans use the position of the station to compute the scale factor. So that's fine. by default, everything comes in at zero, 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 typically, and everything just lands on top of each other, except the X7, which could have a registration. So, when you register the scans, you're moving those stations. You're using the scan data to basically kind of reset your scan positions in, and they all have a relative displacement. They're, they're, they're not all at the same place, and each one of those um, when, when it all comes in then you compute a scale factor and you apply it to your scan data and based on scan station positions right so every time you move the station you get a new computation of scale factors so on a default projection where the scale factor is at one and you're at the origin there's very little scaling of the data for the terrestrial scan project so if you're using a tx8 and you bring the data in the tbc What you're getting is very, very close to what you would get, say, in RealWorks if your project size isn't really large. If the project size is large, then TBC is actually handling those scale factors and the data better than RealWorks would. Okay, so let's say I I have X7 data and I have a registration and I bring it into my project. Well, if you're bringing it into a default project and it's placing it near the origin, near 000, it's unlikely a whole lot's going to happen. We looked—I'll uh, uh, show you in just a second—not um, much scaling is going to take place, and the data will be very similar to what was you see in perspective software in the field. Um, if you're bringing in data that was registered from RealWorks, and you can apply this registration to the TZFs, again, unless you've really moved it far from the origin, and you bring it into a default project in TBC, it's going to match very well. But anytime you move scale the scan data, the combined scale factor is going to change based on where your station positions are, and it's going to change a little bit anytime you move it. And also those divergence angles, or so those uh, convergence in the meridian things that happened with grids are going to change a little bit because those are based on your position on the grid. So you'll get slight changes, and it's highly recommended to look at your registration after import just to verify that. It matches your expectation. And it didn't completely fall apart or change in any dramatic way that messes it up. Okay, so this is where this default projection stuff gets interesting. Um, I bring my data into a default into a project uh, that my scan data and just drop it in there. It'll bring the data in, and before it opens the project up, it's going to throw up this dialogue that you see on the right and say, what do you want to use for your false easting and false northing? Now, a lot of us who were surveyors, especially old school guys like me, frequently use 5,000, 10,000, some kind of arbitrary coordinate system like that in which to work. Because a lot of what we were doing was over small distances. We didn't need to create formal projections and those sorts of things. And we we're quite happy working um, working in an area, the, a small area, with an X, Y, Z, pure X, Y, Z Cartesian coordinate system. Now, this default projection kind of lets you do that. And by default, it's going to put 0, 0, 0 on the origin. Well, when you're working with uh, X7 data or scan data, the scan, the first, at least the first scan position, if not all of them, will wind up right at the origin. Well, do you want that to be a zero 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 number so you have negative coordinates as you could see in my previous uh, example or do you want it to be some other number so you have the ability to put in a ten thousand five thousand something like that in here and if it's a number that's that small uh, it's not going to move you very far on that uh, projection grid and therefore uh it, it's going to still result in scale factors very close to one so you have the ability to put a number on there. Whatever number you put in this dialog, is the values of the grid positions that are located tied to the 000 ellipsoid position. So that point of intersection between your cylinder and the ellipsoid will be given those grid values. And that means if you bring your scan data in at 000, they're not going to be right at that point of intersection and therefore have a scale factor that's slightly different from one. Now, if you put a very large false easting and northing in there, that means you're pushing your origin really far away from where that point of intersection is, and you'll get an, uh, a result that's similar to what we saw in our earlier example, where my data is winding up really far away from where the projection is best defined, and you'll get funny scale factors. So that that's all I'm just trying to say. Okay, so I have a demonstration using a default projection, and these data are just x seven data from that same project, except this time I brought them into a default coordinate system. and I let it just be zero 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 for the default projection at the origin. And point one has zero, zero zero on it. Here's point one right in the middle of my screen. And if you look, the coordinates are zero and zero. So what I want to show you is the same kind of point spreadsheet idea. as I showed you before, point one by default, In X7 projects given zeros. If you have TX8 data, all of them would be zero and you'd have to register them for them to be separated out, like you see here. So I didn't change my default, my false northing and easting. So I actually result with some negative coordinates here. But the important things to note is look at the grid scale factor. I define my projection, default projection in the project area where my data are. And I'm only interested in local coordinates on this project. My grid scale factor is 1.000000. It's perfect. It means I have such good agreement over this small distances between that ellipsoid and that cylinder that it doesn't have to do any scaling at all. Also, my elevation scale factor is pretty small. I have very small changes in elevation across this project. So I have nearly one is my elevation scale factor. So any scaling I'm doing to these data is so small that it's just like I'm working in a Cartesian system, one point, you know, X, Y, Z. So working with scan data in a default projection in TBC gives you a very similar result to working in other scale, other scan data softwares where you're just working with X, Y, Z. Okay, that was really all I wanted to show in this example. So now we have the other kinds of scan data that you can get. Once you uh, export from a software using one of the default point cloud type formats, whether it's an LAS or an E57, LAZ, all those sorts of things, you essentially lose the concept of stations. You no longer really have stations represented in your data. You have one entity, a point cloud, with a whole bunch of scan points in it. Okay, so. We have to figure out how we're gonna work with that. On well, TBC, what happens is when you try to bring in one of these files, what you get, excuse me, what you get is a, a, a giant blob of point, point clouds. We go and look at, a, basically create a bounding box around those data and find this centroid or the center of that bounding box. And that bounding box centroid is defined is what is we use is defined as sort of like the station for this point cloud data. And we'll apply scale factors based on that point. And as you move your scan data or your excuse me, your point cloud data around in the project through georeferencing or any registration, because you can actually register a, a point cloud to scans and stuff. Um, moving that point cloud around within your project is going to change the location of that centroid in relative to your grid so you'll have a new coordinate for that centroid position and that coordinate is used to calculate the combined scale factor that's applied to all of the points within that point cloud so the key to success here is to ensure that you bring in your point cloud data correctly to make sure that it's placed into the database correctly so that any other scale factors that may have been applied to it are removed on import and or if there are no scale factors applied in the other software that that's treated that way and brought directly into the database so i want to do then so i'll go through an example in just a minute of what that looks like all right the same is kind of true when you're exporting scan data from tbc you want to grab your scan data hit export when you do you're given an option of how you want to export it you can export it as grid and it'll send it out with the coordinates that match essentially what your grid values are or you can send it out and and there'll be a scaling applied to it just like there is on the grid or if you want to send it out as ground it will remove any scaling when it exports it and send it out just like the ground observations you would get from us on the scanner pretty much Okay. So I wanna do a quick demonstration here. I'll just grab this project. I'm gonna create a new project by clicking on this new default project and just have it created a new project real fast.
2: Excuse me. Hey Richard, while you're loading that up, the, yep. the data in that Walnut Creek shopping center, was that registered in TBC or was that in RealWorks and then brought into TBC?
0: Both of those were in the there, shopping would have been, there was X7 there would have been, data, so it was registered was perspective. It was okay. Registered okay. perspective. Gotcha. Okay, give me just a second.
2: And perspective for everyone um, is the field software that controls the uh, Trimble X7 scanner
0: and allows you to do in-field registration
2: of the data. Yes, sorry, and make that clear. No, thank you.
0: Okay, so what I've done is I have a default project here, and I have grabbed an LAS file that came in that I'm bringing in from some third-party source, or whether it was exported out of another TBC project, exported out of Perspective, exported out of Trimble Real Works, or a third-party uh, aerial photogrammetry project. Um, I don't know. Well, I, I need to know. Let's put it that way. I need to understand what these data are before I can properly bring them into TBC. So you know, on my screen, you can see that I have a, a, some options presented to me when I try to bring in an LAS file. <clears throat> so I can bring it in as non-georeferenced ground scaled point cloud. So if I exported it from TBC as ground, or if, if I bring it in from, T, from Trimble RealWorks, which is ground-scaled, non georeference typically, um, I would just say, OK, and would bring that file in. And if I hit OK now, we'll be here for a very long time.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so I'm not going to do that. Um, now, it can be from a photogrammetry software. And if it's from a photogrammetry software, it could be located correctly in relation to a particular uh, coordinate system and have scaling already applied to it. And that's frequently the case when you're bringing data from a photogrammetry software. If that's the case, I would want to select georeferenced grid scale point cloud. But those aren't my only two options. I have other options here. I can have a georeferenced point cloud that is not grid scale, that it's grand scale. And this can happen in Trimble RealWorks. You have the ability to explain or, or move the data, so to speak, within the X, Y, Z coordinate system of Trimble of, of Real Works, move it to a location that might look just like a grid coordinate from a Colorado State Plane Coordinate System, for example, with 1.5 million and six, 3 million something uh, coordinates on it. I can move them, but it doesn't calculate scale factors for them. So all I, can, I could, and as a result, export those out and have coordinates that are based at look like they're kind of in the right place in my projection when I use a Colorado State plane as an import project, but they aren't really scaled correctly. So I need to tell it this stuff's ground scaled even if the coordinates wind up in the more or less the right place sort of uh, in my project. And that way the data will get entered into the project database as ground scaled data and wind up right where it's supposed to be are kind of where it's supposed to be in the project but have the proper scaling being done and not being double scaled or something like that. I also have the ability to bring in data. Let's say my data are coming from a, a point cloud or excuse me aerial photogrammetry software and the user had a UTM coordinate system some other kind of uh, general coordinate system in it and I would want to bring it into a Colorado State project. I have the ability to do that by telling it it's grid scale, and it's in a a particular coordinate system that differs from my project coordinate system. So I can hit select here, and it lets me pick the appropriate coordinate system for the data as it was exported. And that way, it can remove that coordinate system, basically make these positions ground scale and ground positioned correctly. ellipsoid I should say um, stick it in my project and then put it and then it could be scaled proper as ground scale data and be properly uh, presented to me in my project coordinate system so they need to remove the coordinate system that was applied when exported and reapply the new coordinate system within TBC and of course if it was exported from the previous project in the correct coordinate system that you want to use for this project, then you just say it was grid-scaled in the project's coordinate system. There are other options available to you, too, that I'm not going to go into detail on. But I did want to show you that if I'm going to F1 right now, which brings up the help, there's very, very detailed help on these options and what all of those do available to you. And I would highly recommend you look in the help files when you're talking about these scale options, because our, our tech writer and our uh, Several so of the experts, uh, I guess you could say, on how this work work together to produce a very, very high quality, uh, uh, rich help topics that give you information about how this all ties together. Okay, so <clears throat> I can say okay, but I'm not going to actually do the import. I just wanted to show you that there are many options available to you here. All right. Let's get back to the slide deck. I think I'm. Closing in on the final final pieces here. Um, after we do the demonstration, we have uh, the topic of mobile mapping and aerial imagery. I'll start off by saying these are really outside the scope of this talk, and would take me a talk at least as long, if not longer. And I have to get a whole lot of help to do it <laughs> to really present this information correctly to you. But one thing I do want to say: both mobile mapping and aerial imagery are reliant on the use of GPS. When you rely on GPS, then you have a full geodetic set of data, I guess you could say, <laughs> from which to work to properly locate your your, your data or it, from the images, any resulting point clouds you make properly in a, in a coordinate system and apply the correct geodetics to it. Um, so the fact that there's GPS involved uh, makes it far more complex but at the same time, potentially far more accurate over large distances. So, mobile um, mapping in particular, it has a very, very specialized scale factor handling because you have these really long, potentially long corridors. It could be 100 kilometers or more long. You have scanning going on the entire length. And you need to have a way of uh, addressing the changes in scale factor as you go up and down in elevation and as you go across the grid. So they, they divide it up into subsections and uh, calculate individual scale factors for the centroid of the, each of those subsections and apply it. And there's, there's a lot of specialty handling going on with the scale factor for those data. So I just wanted to kind of mention that those are both tied to GPS typically and they have uh, much larger areas they cover. So much more sophisticated handling of those data need to be undertaken compared to regular terrestrial scan data. I yeah.
2: wanna add here um, real quick that that the data, if you're moving data back and forth between UAS Master and TBC, we know the the parameters, we kind of control both of those environments, right, as, as, a, as a Trimble entity. Um, so you won't have to do the the uh, importing of the scale uh, uh, factors and hey was this was this georeferenced to, to to projected coordinates or was this georeferenced to local coordinates or whatever um, the 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 uh, geodetics are taking care of for you automatically so that's that's one benefit uh, of working uh, between Master and NTBC. So I I
0: really pretty much done with my content. If there's anything I want you to understand as takeaways from here, or you can go back and re-listen to what I said, or read our white paper that we have on this topic, um, is to pay attention to the fact that TBC is a geodetic environment and you have to have some kind of projection defined. And pay attention to the fact that we use stations and the station positions within the project or what control, what kind of scaling is taking place uh, to all of your observations of your data. Those two things dictate how TBC is working with your data and, and getting those right make all the differences to whether this stuff is going to be very easy to work with and combine well with other data or not. So that's all I have for now, if they're but whoever whoever can take over from hearing it.
2: I want to I want to add one thing as well and Richard you mentioned this in the in the front uh the beginning of this presentation is that we try to handle all of your data the same right even though there's those different you know again why why should I care uh uh slide um it, even though the the sensors that TBC can handle uh, are are very wide and and different um, and, and they can collect data uh, differently and then they, they're subsequently georeferenced <laughs> differently potentially when you're talking about scan data, TBC's trying to to level the kind of level the playing field so to speak, where um, data is data in TBC we want it all in this pure geodetic environment. And then we can go from there. You know, we can go to to known grid projections. We can go to local site cals and and local coordinates, or or work in that kind of pure uh, ground uh, environment, for for lack of a better term. Um, so it's really a unique selling point to TBC uh, in in the the, the CAD survey CAD office uh, uh, software space, and look for for much more. Uh, from us on on this front as as we get that message kind of out there uh, into the market okay
0: and
1: i'll get back to where jeff can pick up his stuff sounds good thank you richard and joe All right, so talking about resources and some next steps, um, I highly recommend that you check out the white paper that Joe and um, Richard put together on this. So it's really great material covering all of this uh, scale factors and, and scanning workflows with point clouds. Uh, we'll make this available on the TBC webpage and, and this presentation as well, so you can check out the PDF.
0: Yeah, it works really, really well if you're having trouble sleeping and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: All right. And then as Richard pointed out, pressing the F1 key is a really great great resource for you guys to get some help within the product too if you're unsure about what some buttons mean and and where to go. Just hit F1 and and we'll help you out there. Um highly recommend going to the TBC webpage. We're always updating this page and up, you know, putting in utilities, licensing, installation help, um good things like the feature matrix to see what commands um need what for modules and licensing. Um again putting the bulletins and white papers up and downloads for new new releases and then as well as customer success stories and testimonials um, links to the community forum um, tbc tutorials you name it this is a great resource for you guys to come and and check out Um, youtube channel this is also another great resource with 300 videos and and counting Uh, this is a great way to come in and check out point clouds, playlists, and workflows, and even do some diagnosis and and figure out what's going on with TBC. Um, So check that out when you have a minute. Um, There's a few questions that came in uh, during this power hour. All past out uh, TBC power hours are available for free um, using this link in this slide deck. It's also on the TBC webpage. If you scroll down, you'll find it in there. Um, watch any past session on demand. So please utilize that. Um, next steps, if you haven't downloaded uh, TBC 530 already, please do, do so. And if you're interested, contact your local uh, distribution partner to get a free 30-day demo license um, and see if you like it. You can use that link there to find out which, which one's the closest to you as well. Uh the next TBC Power Hour will be Wednesday, August 26th at 8 a.m. Mountain Daylight Time. Um TBC it will be covering the TBC GIS module uh, where surveying and GIS intertwine. So with that being said, we'll take some questions and we'll go from there. Um, uh, Alex had a
2: question um, earlier about just grid distances, ground distances, or grid environments, ground environments. And I think you kind of answered your own question here, Alex, in your follow-up comment that, yeah, so um, I think Richard did a great job condensing uh, what is, uh, um, I don't know how long that page is. It's got some screenshots, so it's not like 20 pages of, of just pure Geodetic text, um, but the white paper is definitely the place to, to refer to for for details uh, in this as as well. But uh, um, could you know couldn't couldn't cover everything, um, but the details are definitely in that white paper. And this presentation and the recording will be available, um, uh, just like Jeff said, uh, in that the the archives there um, to you oh.
1: you know in a, in a couple days. We had another question come in with respect to the scan station point cloud. If CSF has impacts on high-rise buildings elevation measurements, uh, um,
0: I think that the best way to answer that is if you looked at my default projection. Um, I would, I mean, typically you're probably going to be working on a high-rise building in in a default projection that's near the origin somehow. Uh, maybe you'll put 10,000 10,000 on it, but that doesn't really change things. The the scale factors that were were used on that uh, that's okay. uh, on that uh, localized projection were so close to one that it really had no, no tangible impact, even at, at the level of high rise. My grid scale correction was 1.0000000 000 000 all the way out. My elevation scale factors, you change elevation is very minor i mean it was in the seventh or eighth decimal place i think uh where it was changing distances so even even down at the high rise kind of precision level you're going to see no measurable difference between working in a pure xyz coordinate system and
1: working in our default projection okay hope that answered your question tim i think that's all we have for right now
0: well i hope i answered your questions and Along the way,
1: we got looks like we got a few more coming in. Um, oh! Once I move a station, does the scale factor change automatically?
0: Yes, the new station position will give rise to uh, a combined scale factor being uh, calculated and applied to all the observations. So it just happens as part of moving data around in in tbc we had a another question
1: come in is there a best practice somewhere for using the sx10 with a project that is in a county level system that has a very low projection of distortion projection
0: um not really um the one thing that i really failed to mention here and i do bring it up in the white paper is If you have very large changes in your project area in elevation, then you may think about splitting your project. Elevation scale factor is a pretty profound impact on distance measurements. And if you're going thousands of feet across a project area, which sometimes happens if you have a road going up a mountain, for example, um, you may consider separating that into separate projects because there's no easy way to uh, make all that stuff fit together well uh, with very dramatic elevation changes but if you're just working across a fairly you know rolling kind of terrain uh, over uh your project area it should be fine using sx10 that everything works pretty much like the x7 uh, excuse me like a like a total station uh, so um, you should see good agreement unless your project area is really immense <laughs> um, and then you got to pay attention to changes in the scale factor
1: Thank you, Richard. Well, thank you guys for attending. I want to give a big shout out to Joe and Richard for working on this and giving you guys you know, that feel to finish with confidence piece there with point clouds and scale factors going forward in TBC. So we hope you found it informative and really appreciate you guys um, hopping on and, and hosting this. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody.